Welcome to the Warning Woods. Today's story is about a creature that terrorizes an innocent family out in the country. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it five stars and writing a review. It helps spread the podcast to more listeners. If you want more creepy content, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at The Warning Woods. I'm Miles Tridel, and this is The Field. We lived near the field. Something else lived in it. Our little plot isn't much to brag about, but it keeps my family housed and fed. I purchased it at auction and convinced my wife and daughters that the farm life was the one for us. We knew it would be hard work and long hours, but we'd do it together. No longer would I have to commute two hours a day to spend ten hours at an office doing three hours work for someone else. The girls were especially excited when I brought home some goats. I initially used them to help clear the overgrown field. After that, I thought we could use them for cheese and milk products that are so popular with the naturalist types these days. We kept the goats in a pen attached to the barn so they could be outside during the day and head in at night to sleep in safety. Safety. The word sounds so foreign to me now. We wrote out the winter on my savings and the money we made selling our home in New York. In the spring, I planted the first crop of corn, which I expected to be our main moneymaker going forward. I imagined, once the family got proficient with the crops and goats, we might expand and get a few cattle or some pigs. I had all kinds of dreams like that before that summer. It started with the goats. The corn had grown tall, and every night as I drifted off to sleep, I could hear the stalks and leaves rustling in the wind. It sounded like the ocean, a sound one comes to miss in the middle of the country. Besides the gentle sounds of the field, it was always quiet. That's why I panicked the night I heard the goats bleeding in the dark. The entire herd, we had eight, was practically screaming. They sounded wild and fearful. I told my wife to stay inside with the girls, retrieved my shotgun, and went into the night to investigate. If I hadn't been so afraid, I may have noticed the animal sounds were being silenced one by one. It was only when there was only one single goat left crying out that I started to run toward the barn. Before I got there, the last goat was silenced. I approached the pen cautiously, wishing I had brought a flashlight with me. The only light came from the half-moon above. It was a dull light, but it was enough to illuminate the bloody mess that my goat herd had become. I stood at the fence and counted eight animals, each brutally slaughtered. Some had their throats torn out. Others' bellies had been ripped open, their innards strewn across the dirt. As I tried not to vomit, I noticed the door that normally allowed the animals' entry to the barn had been shut. I had been the last one outside, and I had made sure that door was open. Until that moment, I assumed another animal had killed the herd. But would a coyote be able to close and lock the barn door? Would a wolf or mountain lion be smart enough to cut the goats off from shelter before tearing them apart? And why, if it had been a predatory creature, would it have left all eight goats behind without eating anything? I caught movement in my peripheral vision and spun around. It ran into the field. 
Leaves rustled and stalks cracked as whatever it was pushed through them. My gun shook in my hands as I pointed it towards the field, hoping the thing wouldn't come back out for me. The corn was at least seven feet tall. It would have easily hit any human or wild animal I know of. But as I stared down the barrel, I noticed something under the moonlight. Two pointed horns stuck out above the stalks of corn. They remained still as the rest of the field waved in the wind. I tried to quiet my own breathing, but couldn't. I wanted to run, but I felt like the thing was watching me, waiting for me to turn my back so it could strike. I yelled at the beast, I can see you, get out of here. To my surprise, it did. I didn't sleep that night. At first light, my wife and I went out and built a fire to burn the goats and gore before our daughters woke. We weren't going to lie to them about what happened, but we agreed they didn't need to see the bloody mess either. My wife is a kind and reassuring woman, but I could tell she thought I had imagined the horned creature in my state of fear. I begged her to make sure she and the girls stayed inside when it got dark, and she told me they would. The girls, Nora and Rebecca, were 14 and 12 years old, respectively. They would normally go to school in town during the day and help with the field work in the evening. Since it was summer, they were home all day. The day after the goats were killed, Nora came running up to me in the barn. She told me one of the goats had survived. She said Rebecca had heard it crying out in the field and had run out there to find it. I knew I had counted correctly. My wife saw them too. All eight goats were dead and burned. I went for my shotgun before darting into the field myself, shouting for Rebecca. The sky was becoming orange as the sun kissed the horizon. I had to find her quickly before the night came and brought the horrible creature with it. Daddy? I finally heard Rebecca call back to me. I felt a wave of relief. I told her to stay where she was and started to follow the sound of her voice. The sun had almost disappeared, but I knew if we hurried we would have enough light to get out of the field. I thought I had almost reached her when my relief was swept away by the sound of corn stalks snapping behind me. I stopped in my tracks to listen. I was sure Rebecca was just ahead, but someone or something else was now between us and the house. More snapping was accompanied by what sounded like giant footsteps this time. I was surrounded by the dense corn and couldn't see more than a couple feet in any direction. Daddy, is that you? Rebecca yelled. I could tell she was just a few feet away. I told her to stay there. I was almost to her, but I wondered what we would do once I found her. I could hear the beast slowly approaching. It was coming towards me from behind, pushing me deeper into the field. I tried to move quietly, but that was impossible. I knew every step I took signaled my location. I finally caught up to Rebecca. She was almost screaming with joy, but I put my hands firmly over her mouth and motioned for her to crouch down behind me. The final rays of sunlight disappeared, and we were left in the dark. For a moment, everything was silent. We must have crouched there for ten minutes. I could barely see since the tall plants blocked out most of the moonlight. I put an arm around my trembling daughter and held her close. A warm breeze swept over us, bringing a horrid smell with it. The sulfuric stench made us both bring our arms up to cover our noses. The wind stopped suddenly, and a strange sucking sound came from behind me. 
panic gripped me once again as I realized what we had felt was not the breeze. It was breath. I turned to find the beast standing right behind us. The moonlight caught its wide-eyed stare and glanced off its bared teeth. Rebecca screamed. I instinctively fired off a shot. It missed, but the flash of light and sound momentarily stunned the creature. I had just enough time to get Rebecca to her feet and start running. We couldn't get to the house. The beast was in the way. But I just wanted to get out of the field. I was terrified that the thing had been able to creep up on us so easily. It didn't stay stunned for long. As we pushed through the thick forest of corn, I heard monstrous footsteps chasing us. The creature bellowed with rage as it got closer by the second. I felt hopeless. I began to wonder if I should stop running and distract the beast so Rebecca could escape. That was when I noticed a new sound. A motor. A new wave of hope energized me as I realized we must be close to the edge of the field. I heard a horn honking erratically. I recognized the horn from my 86 Dodge Ram and knew my wife had come to rescue us. It's mom, shouted Rebecca. Before she could reply, an enormous, clawed hand wrapped around her and pulled her back. I spun the shotgun around but couldn't get a clear shot. Shouting at the creature to release her, I charged at it. It was about to turn away, and I knew if I let it go out of sight, I would never catch up. Rebecca would be lost forever. I held the barrel of the gun like the handle of an axe and swung it down on the beast's shoulder. I don't think I heard it, but I made it angry. It tried to bat me away with its free hand, but I managed to avoid it. I was now almost toe-to-toe with the horrible thing as it held on to Rebecca with one hand. I screamed at it to let her go one more time as I jammed the barrel of the gun into its side and pulled the trigger. The shot would have decimated any man, but it only caused the beast to stumble. As it did, I dropped the gun and reached for Rebecca. I pulled her from the monster's grasp and continued towards the edge of the field, toward the honking truck and my wife. Before I even realized where we were, we burst out of the field into the heavenly glow of headlights. I carried Rebecca to the passenger side and yelled for my wife to drive as fast as she could as we got in. We were not followed. I never saw the creature again, but our troubles didn't end there. A disease no one recognized wiped out the entire crop that summer. As if that weren't enough, I awoke one night to find the barn consumed by flames. The final straw was when I came downstairs one morning to find the front door which I always locked at night, wide open. The lock had been broken. Nothing was taken or damaged besides the door. It was simply a sign. A sign that said, you are not safe here. I knew it was true. We moved in the fall, back to the city, back to the nine to five, back to the monotony. But you know what? It doesn't seem quite so bad anymore. You can support The Warning Woods by clicking the Anchor Support link in the description, or by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thewarningwoods. Of course... The best way to help is by writing a review and following this podcast in Apple Podcasts or subscribing on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening.